All right, let's get to it. It is the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast, the Week 11 Fantastics Fantasy Preview. And I'm Dan Claskins back here with James Adams getting you ready for what lies ahead, the stretch run of the season. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We always love our new listeners. Be sure to keep up, subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple, Google, Spotify, to name a few, insiderfootball.com. That's our website, the home of the optimizer, and much more. And uh, James, here we are, my friend. Uh, we have inching our way towards Thanksgiving. And right now, I mean, you wanted something to be thankful for? How about just uh, 12 more teams on bye weeks, right? Uh, actually, I just not realized something, James, that week, I believe it's uh, week 13, or is it week 12? One of them is no bye. It's Thanksgiving week. It's next week. There are no bye weeks at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something early to be thankful for there. But uh, how's, how's your fantasy seasons uh, going right now? Going really good. And man, you bring up those teams that are left on by. I was setting some lineups today and looking at what I had left for buys afterwards. And a lot of my teams are going to be through pretty much all the buys that matter to me or just about all the buys. And boy, it's time to start looking at those final uh, modifications for teams like FPC, where the playoffs start in week 13, KFFSC, where the playoffs start in week 12. Uh, it is nitty gritty time, Dan. And so I'm, I, I am my playoff team, my fantasy teams are doing good because, well, I'm making these thoughts and preparations as opposed to, um, you know, uh, bearing, putting the, inscribing the coffin for them. So, uh, yeah, it's good. And those bye weeks about to be done. I'm very much looking forward to making that stretch run as we really get ready for it today. No doubt about that. And I'll tell you what, if you're fantasy season long seasons fizzling, we invite you to go over and check out our partners at Thrive Fantasy. You can enter for your chance to win $20,000 Thrive's Featured Player Prop Contest for Week 11. It's just 25 bucks to enter, 100000 guaranteed, 20000 in the first prize. And uh, as we always do, James and I will pick our early picks on this week's contest before we get out of here. And uh, spoiler alert, James, I totally sucked last week, so you made up some ground. But uh, I did too, though, in my yeah, 10, 10 picks. We will get back to that. It was a weird week. We're going to wrap up the whole week, but uh, be sure to sign up. Use the promo code FANTISTICS. Receive a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to 100 bucks. Visit thrivefantasy.com today. And James, uh, before we get into our normal routine of going through the injuries and hitting that week 11 waiver wire, looking at the first little glance of the week that lies ahead and getting those thrive picks, I did, you know, over the next few episodes, thought we could start talking about playoffs, priming for the playoffs, taking our turn each week at a different position. And this week, just sort of looking ahead at, at what remains on the slate teams with and without buys some running backs that you think really have some plus matchups maybe some that are a tick down and uh, again we week the week in the nfl is so finicky you don't want to make too much out of it but it could help identify maybe some players to target as you go to make these deadline deals players to target or players to put on the block as well players to move for what may or may not look like a a great return i think that's absolutely something that's uh, great to look at and i mean depending on what your record is dan this is where your focus should be if you've only lost one or two games it should be about the stretch run and not necessarily the you know the playoff push and not the stretch run yeah and you know really dialing in on those playoff weeks of 15 and 17 but the whole picture down the stretch james i mean it is interesting when you start to go through the matchups, the ones that really stand out and pop. And uh, for me, you know, looking at those weeks and, and the playoff weeks is obviously a big factor to that. And I'll tell you, you want to talk about a league winner. I mean, he already is in a lot of cases, but goodness, if Derrick Henry can stay healthy, 
uh, down the stretch run. He comes in, I mean, after this week's matchup at Green Bay, the Bengals, we know they've struggled against the run. At Philly, not the best. Jacksonville, not the best. But then at the Chargers, Houston and Dallas, maybe not the greatest in week championship week, but... Get there, who cares? I mean, I mean, just getting to the championship game with yeah. those first two matchups, he was a guy that really popped out uh, as I looked at the plus matchups. And then conversely... I'm looking over here at our beloved Bengals, James, and I'm looking at one Joe Mixon who has struggled mightily mm-hmm. at times. I mean, he didn't struggle in his last time out versus Carolina with those franchise record five touchdowns, but that was the exception. Joe Mixon, weeks 15 through 17. I don't know if it could get any worse. At Tampa, at New England, home to Buffalo. I'm whole, I'm wholeheartedly with you, and I think uh, even even though the bye week is now passed, you know, last week was a good time to push. Anytime you get a player who has that kind of performance, you know it's an anomaly, and their value is going to be a little higher than normal. You push. He's still sitting at that high value based on what we saw in week nine before the bye. I would agree. If you can move him for anything close to what you would think is good uh, a good price with a normal schedule, it doesn't look good, and it wasn't good before that. Another name I identified on the minus schedule uh, t- things here that we're talking about at Denver, at Seattle, not the next two weeks. They're great for Josh Jacobs, but it doesn't get any better come the playoff times. You know, I mean, in critical week 15, again, a tough matchup versus New England. At Pittsburgh, I mean, with Watt back, that defense looks better, especially if Mika can get healthy by then. And then you get San Francisco in championship weekend. Yikes. Yeah, no doubt about that. Not a good schedule at all. Uh, I'll tell you one, Dan, one uh, that I think looks good that maybe uh, people won't be thinking about, but I've I've said, hey, Jamal Williams is a player that I'll continue to turn to. And I know DeAndre Swift did get that rushing touchdown, but the volume still goes to Jamal Williams. Week 16, they've got Carolina. Uh, the week before that is the Jets, which isn't great, but if you get to championship week, they've got the Bears. So two of their three uh, playoff matchups for Detroit, and I'm more still interested in Williams than Swift. Very plus matchup. Yeah, I'm really liking what I see there. You're right, James. I think that's an opportunity, a knocking. But Detroit in itself, uh, an interesting evolution of an offense. And mm-hmm, Williams, sure. no matter what Swift does, this guy gets the rock at the goal line, so a valuable commodity there. I'd say those are a couple of the ones I had circled before things. I mean, definitely just looking again here at the data now, I'm looking at Arizona's schedule, dude. Mm-hmm. James Conner looked good last week, not, but he's still got a buy ahead. So week 13, you're not going to have him. So take one game off the board there. Then he's got terrible matchups. San Francisco uh, this week, the Chargers, that's a good one. Then the buy. Then again, it's New England. A lot of these same teams, Tampa Bay, they're popping up here at Denver. Now week 17 at Atlanta is not terrible. But man, uh, that's about after the set for the Chargers matchup. That's the only one that's a plus side matchup the rest of the week. And if for some reason your league goes all the way to week 18, you get the Niners again. Yeah, definitely not a good one. And uh, and by the way, Jacobs, too, you were mentioning a bad schedule, also lost a lot of passing options, too. So he uh, he's going to have more pressure on him when he's one of the last few people standing. Uh, I think probably the other one that I noticed that's maybe good-ish and may play into waiver wires, depending on how thin your league is, Kansas City. They get Houston in week 15. They have Seattle in week 16. And again, if you get to week 17, they play Denver. It's not necessarily great, but depending on the running back we're going to talk about, because I'm not sure that's solidified in Kansas City. So maybe maybe the Denver matchup is a play too. Yeah. So those are just some to consider. We'll, we'll tackle this subject again 
uh, this weekend on our Sirius XM Fantasy Show. A little bit go a little deeper and uh, be interested to hear what some of the running backs you might be targeting in. So we'll elicit that conversation. But let's go over now to some of the injuries, James. And man, I wish we didn't have as much bad news to deliver in this segment of the uh, injuries here. But uh, let's start with the biggest one of the week. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. He suffers an ankle injury, did not return Sunday, of course, uh, going under surgery now on IR here with the Rams. And they said he's avoided the worst case scenario here, James, but going on IR on a three and six team headed to nowhere. What's your expectations of Cup? Are we going to see him again this season? Maybe because I think that the Rams could continue to win and make them. I'm sorry. I continue to win. Let me recant that statement. They could start to win and find themselves. I thought, in a you, were, I thought push. you were being facetious purposely. There. No, no, no. I, I didn't mean to say continue, but because I think there's still, I was looking at standings, right? There's four win teams that I think have a chance at a playoff. So they might still have an outside chance at that seven seed. I, I really don't think they do, but I think that if they find themselves looking at such, we could see him, but I'd honestly, I'd bet the answer is no. So I think, yeah, we could, but probably not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it all depends on it, a lot. There's a lot of variables to determine how a fantasy manager handles Cooper Cup. I mean, first and foremost, if you have an IR spot, I mean, and it's available, I mean, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you're putting him on the IR, uh, you're going to stash him, and you know, I would prioritize him on the IR over some other stashes because. He still is Cooper Cup, and I get like he doesn't want to be back, but if it truly isn't the worst-case scenario, he is the type of guy that if he's able to play, I think he'll want to play. Yep, and I think you would play him. And look, I mean, if, if let's say it's a four-week injury. They've got New Orleans, Kansas City, Seattle, Las Vegas. They could be 3-1 and one over that stretch run, and they wouldn't be yeah. eliminated from the playoffs. Well, I think it determines what your record is, too. Honestly, I only, got, I only have Cooper Cup in one season long. Now, ironically, it's my best season-long team. Mm. I'm pretty deep at receiver. Uh, I mean, obviously, you're not deep enough to lose the best in the game and, and you have equal value there. But uh, because I've pretty much six of the 10 teams are making the playoffs in this league and uh, I'm already pretty much a lock to make the playoffs and there's still four weeks until then. I mean, this one isn't as bad for me as it might be for fantasy managers fighting for a playoff spot, per se. So it's all about your circumstance. I think if you're on the uphill battle looking in you don't have an ir spot james and you need to win this week to stay alive it's a little gets a little harder to hold on to cooper cup it gets harder but there's got to be something else to drop a second yeah. defense well if you're in that but, spot trade him get something for him i yeah. mean the value will be low but it's better than a straight up cut you're gonna and find somebody him, in the league that's willing to to take a chance i've seen him on the move in some leagues even one where i think the person was making a play for this season yeah, he just went in my redraft league that, I mean, I think it was our auction league I saw the trade. That, that's actually the one I was thinking of, yes. It was a popular locket for Cooper Cup. If I'm a Cooper Cup owner uh, making that trade, I'm not feeling too terrible about it because you're getting a guy like Tyler Lockett that's proven to be a top 20 receiver most weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think there's a play either way, but he, I don't think he's a player you can really drop any any way, shape, or form unless, you know, absolutely uh, weekly plays are on the waiver wire. Elsewhere at the position, Chiefs wide out Juju Smith-Schuster. He left Sunday's game against the Jaguars with the concussion. Clearly, he'll have to pass the league's concussion protocol to determine whether or not he'll suit up in the Sunday night matchup here in Week 11 versus the Chargers. Meanwhile, Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy. Uh, this one looked a lot worse than it actually turned out to be, at least uh, according to Ian Rappaport, just a strained muscle behind his ankle. And there is some optimism that he might even be available to play this week, James. Uh, certainly a day-to-day situation here. So 
good news there for the Broncos, Judy, and all of his fantasy managers. Uh, in terms of the Chiefs wideout situation, I mean, it, they're mixing it up so much each week. You hate to lose Juju here, but it's hard to say who's going to step up. I mean, I know Kadarius Tony is a hot commodity given uh, you know his newest, newness to the team. But the reality of it is here, James, is Mahomes told us at the beginning of the season, they're going to spread around every week. So losing Schuster stinks. I don't think there's any one guy that gets that added value to their uh, repertoire, in my opinion. No, I would agree with you. Nobody does. And uh, I mean, if anybody, I guess it'd be MVS, but not. I mean, that's still. Well, with Hardman dinged up and missing last week's game, too, when he gets back, it gets even more muddy, in my opinion. I think the target volume before said Smith Schuster was the only guy that you could reliably start. And now that may be out the window as they may or may not have to play without him. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, different positions. Running back uh, wasn't free of injury either. We saw Leonard Fournette leaving Sunday morning's game there in Germany with that hip injury. Rashad White started the game, handled even more work down the stretch there. The bye this week will be interesting to see. There is some rumbling. White could be the starter moving forward. It, certainly his role has increased. Uh, some of the early reports are Fournette's fine. He'll be back after the bye, blah, blah, blah. If you're a Leonard Fournette owner, you're already worried. This injury didn't help matters, James. No, you were already worried because there was a uh, a real split in the, in the volume as it was. White gaining momentum, and now look, they won the game. I'm not sure it was all because of that, but they won the game. And if they've got positive momentum with him in the game, I mean, as long as he's capable to pass block, which I think the one thing that kept Fournette sort of, uh, you know, actively playing was his ability to pass block over whites. If white can step up in the pass blocking role, it could be his job. Zach Ertz at tight end now going to likely miss the season. Uh, looking that way there, which is obviously a big blow knee injury for him. Trey McBride, a rookie we talked about early in the season, James looks like he'll be, uh, we'll be talking about here on the waiver wire in a minute, but uh, the next man up there and, I mean, my first thought when Ertz went down is Rondale Moore looks like an extended opportunity perhaps in that slot as well. Yeah, Hollywood Brown could return, so not the same type of target, but maybe somebody to take over some of those targets, which may keep McBride from getting thrust into a prominent role that would make him fantasy relevant. But, man, I was just thinking about how tight end stacked up, and there were the top two, Kelsey and Andrews. Honestly, I thought Ertz and Goddard had solidified themselves at three and four, I couldn't begin to tell you who my top 12 tight ends are right now, as I assume we'll go to the next one here. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you're stealing my thunder with the next injury at tight end. Uh, Dallas Goddard, what a buzzkill that was. Yeah. I mean, not only did Philadelphia, I, I just needed Philadelphia to win the game, James, by a field goal, not even the full 11 and a half to, oh, to, no. to really uh, have a profitable week betting, but it didn't happen. Didn't happen. At least I didn't have him in Survivor, thankfully, but. Uh, the biggest buzzkill coming out of that game was Dallas Goddard's injury. And I mean, I don't know what, I don't know the actual, I don't think we have a clear answer how long he's out, but he's definitely out this week and it could be longer. Yeah. That shoulder injury on the face mask call that wasn't called. And I'll tell you what, um, that's, uh, that's shaping up to be one of the most painful injuries for me in a fantasy universe, even more than what Keenan Allen's done oh. this year. I'm looking forward to trying to piece, piece it together um, we'll see how it plays out. I'm hurt. And I don't think that, you know, I don't think it's an in-house answer there. I think it may be just more AJ Brown. Yeah. I, I mean, that offense, I think, um, will obviously miss him. I am. Yeah, they will. I am optimistic that they'll still put up some points and find a way to get through, but they're 
chances of making a deep Super Bowl run to me, uh, I mean, Dallas Goddard needs to be a big part of that story, James. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. So, Lord knows I've got all my over props dangling that we're looking so promising, too. But that's a whole nother conversation on why I won't bet any more over season-long props anytime soon. But we'll save that for off-season conversations. And hey, we learned. hit the Cole Komet over. I mean, I know it's not exactly the tight end conversation How about here, that? But... How about that? Cole Komet even got hurt this week. But luckily, he got to the three-and-a-half touchdowns all in like a three-week span for uh, us uh, there. Not, so. I guess I won't get paid on that till the season's over. I'm still learning. It here. depends on your book. It depends on your book. Some of them will pay out once it hits, actually. It's They're online and it's not in my account yet. Yeah. All right. So let's get over into the waiver wire this week. I think um, we sort of hit it on some situations right out of the gate. Um, Rashad White, the big name, James, if he's still out there uh, with Leonard Fournette dinged up white stepping up he's not available in many of the leagues i play in but i know for some out there he would be the clear and i don't think you would argue the target this week at the running back position um other running backs to consider uh, how about let's start with elijah mitchell and what happened with his return there looked like he was just going to be a handcuff with christian mccaffrey mccaffrey for his part still had uh, all kinds of touches in this game but elijah mitchell james he might have standalone weekly value here 18 carries is a lot, right? Uh, that's a team that maybe has just simply said uh, Garoppolo is not the answer, but it's weird because he almost threw the ball 30 times too. Um, are they going to have that many plays? I'm with you. At this point, I think Mitchell on a team that wants to run the football is worth rostering in just about every league. Yeah, more than a handcuff is the point, I think, yep. there. Pacheco, another one of these rookies mm-hmm. starting to flash. I mean, that's not a surprise. I think he's sort of in the Rashad White mix with me. I just don't think he's out there in a lot of leagues. Um, would he, would you rather have, uh, I mean, I'm assuming white's number one for both of us, uh, Mitchell or Pacheco, who would you prioritize between those two at running back? If both were available, I think Pacheco. And I think we have to add McKinnon into this conversation because he's going to get target volume. The fact that Edwards Hilaire had four snaps, I think it was this week Yeah, in that offense. I think both players have to be it's, talked about. It's the I first it's, week I had to start him in the two leagues where I I'm have sorry. him since like week three. Cause I had three other running backs on by, uh, four I snaps. Had him, I started brilliant. him in one league too, but I was already, I'm toast. So it's whatever. After those big names at running back, I don't have much else to offer up here. I mean, you, uh-uh. you threw in the, the other dart of McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, we've been talking a little bit weekly about Jalen Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm not jumping on him. I know last week we talked about Kyron Williams. That that whole situation looks just terrible right now. So I mean, with Cup getting hurt, it's hard to say, oh, let's just go to the run game. I'll say this with Warren, dude. When we were talking schedules, Pittsburgh has a decent one if he were to start to get some kind of significant volume. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's go to a different position. We've uh, went through running backs. Who's your top wideout to look at this week on the wire? I mean, I don't know. If people have given up on one Allen Robinson, I guess you have to sit here and think he is maybe the player uh, to get after. I don't know if it's him. I mean, Ben Skoranek was a player getting targets when Cup was on the field. Van Jefferson is back in the fold and has had a couple of targets. So I think you're looking at maybe one of those Rams options, although, frankly, we saw the volume Higby had. Maybe that's the real truth there. Uh, Kadarius Tony again. If he's available, I think you've got to be he's reaching not at him anywhere. Is he? I mean, he should probably be. not, but uh, you know, potentially. I mean, if last he week is, was the first time I would put him it. even uh, ahead of any of the running backs not named White as the second option. Probably Christian so. Watson's the big name out there that's out there in some of the leagues I'm in, including some of the ones where I've dropped him. 
because um, I was it in was on him. Four targets this week, though, right? Like, I, I, I just worry about jumping in on the like, oh, Gabe Davis had a big week, and then will it continue? Yeah, those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter were enough to uh, also cost me a lot of money because the Cowboys were my bet of the week. Unfortunately, mm. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, but I, I, I'm with you with Watson. I was just like, is is Rogers really back? I don't believe he is. I don't know. I don't know. Donovan Peoples-Jones is still producing uh, in shallower leagues out there. I'll tell you a name I did pick up and say even some deeper spots last week, James, was Traylon Burks. It wasn't that impressive coming off injured reserve. We saw uh, Nick Westbrook, uh, Akeem, have his big day there. But uh, I definitely think the schedule's favorable. We know Burks has got the pedigree. It's going to take a minute. But by fantasy playoffs, I think this guy might be somebody that's in the in the mix. And I'll tell you what, I mean, nobody's left standing, but Darius Slayton, the only healthy Giants receiver, definitely out there. And it was good last league. week. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is a guy I'm ready to just throw in the starting lineup and sleep like a baby or anything, but uh, certainly worth a roster spot in 12 team leagues. He is, he is in some of my lineups that I've set early on for this week already. Nice little so. bye week filler for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Slayton again. I mean, he's been, he's been a predominant NFL receiver before. Maybe that's a little bit too uh, nice to put it, but he's been a very useful fantasy commodity before. And now I think he here is again on a good team. That's, Basically uh, pushing for the stretch run with him as their one. And with Matty Ice back under center now and the Jeff Saturday-led Indianapolis Colts, who aren't too far out of the playoff picture, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Suddenly, with Matt Ryan back, I think even Paris Campbell, who was dropped in some leagues, has a heartbeat again. uh, Yeah, Alec Pierce, uh, no-show. I know, I know. But I don't know. Matt Ryan, uh, we'll talk about him now as we transition to quarterback, especially for some of you out there in super flex leagues. Matt Ryan, obviously a name to consider in those formats. Um, I'm not real sure about one quarterback setups there. Uh, we're only getting closer to the Deshaun Watson return. He was allowed to practice this week, so uh, he's been stashed in a lot of spots. But now's the time to stash him in the spots he wasn't if you have a quarterback need. I'm expecting uh, pretty much just looking at the list here. I mean, Matt Ryan was the name I had down. Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield also. There you go. Looking like he's going to be the starter in Carolina, certainly on the radar in the super flex. And I think Jamison Winston will be too, James. I mean, Andy Dalton, uh, not looking great Bad. here. I mean, what do they have to lose going back to Winston here? Nothing. And they should, uh, I'm with you. Baker was the other name outside of Matt Ryan that I was looking at is certainly a play to, uh, you know, in super flex, I'll be playing him this week. What are your thoughts at tight end, uh, particularly around uh, with some of these injuries we talked about and uh, specifically rookie Trey McBride, where he's at on your fab radar? McBride, I'm not sure if I'm ready to turn to wholeheartedly just yet. I mean, rookie Dulcich is probably still going to be above him. He's probably not available. Keep an eye on week 10 buys that were dropped, i.e. Hayden Hurst, Tyler Conklin. Tyler Higby had a very nice week in the uh, after the injury to Cooper Cup. But he was uh, he was a goose egg and was really unproductive for about four weeks. All three of those guys who might well be in my top twelve for the rest of the season could be available. I doubt Cole Komet still sits out there, but obviously have your eyes open there. Yeah, that all makes sense to me. That all makes sense. Cole Komet, I'm expecting, is gone in the injury. We we'll have to keep our eyes on, as you mentioned. All right. Any other thoughts on other positions before we get to those defensive streamers? Even even if it's a player that doesn't have a, a high likelihood right now, right now you should be looking for handcuffs and things like that when your kicker defenses are past their bye. 
Um, in some of these high stakes leagues, after you cut a player a certain week, they're no longer available to be picked up. Know those numbers. Just know those things for your own good as you make your own decisions. I know. I sort of forget about that rule every year, and I'm like, damn, I wouldn't have cut that guy. I wouldn't have cut that guy. But <laughs> I uh, wait. Sometimes I wait to cut somebody that I don't want to come back and bite me. Like where in league I have Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and I forget who my third quarterback is. Like, all right, one of them's got to go, uh, but I want to wait and make sure that nobody else can use them. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense to me. Uh, week 11, defensive streamers. I mean, the Ravens, a team coming off the bye out there in a lot of leagues. Um, I actually picked them the up early. The I, I picked, yeah, they've got a really great schedule. I'm going to be bidding aggressively on them in uh, my hometown league. Where I picked them up last week as a stash, looking at that schedule, and um, knowing that the Panthers were on tap. And then I had the opportunity to make a move on Burks coming off the IR. And I decided not to carry that second defense into Sunday, but I'll be betting on them heavy today. Um, the Saints, another one. Obviously, we mentioned all the Rams injuries, still some status uncertainty around Matthew Stafford, whether he's back from this concussion. So it could be a John Wolford-led Rams team without Cooper Cup. Uh, that sounds like a great opportunity for the Saints. What about the Rams defense on the other side? They were a negative point score in KFFSC, well, but this is the lowest total of the week. Yeah, I was just going to say, you just hit my final one out there, I think is a decent one, is the Rams at the Saints, um, yeah. if they're available. I did pick up the Giants in a couple spots last week as a uh, spot play against Houston. I'm going to keep them maybe going here against Detroit one so. more week, unless there's something better available. I think so. Would you do the Jets at the Patriots? They've yeah, been a very good I mean, defense. it's worth a look. I got the Jets in some deeper leagues, actually, uh, and they're my defense I ride in, and, and I'm, play, I'm definitely going to play them this week. That, in my 16-team league, they're my only defense. Yeah, and they could be available coming off of the bye as well, as could the Bengals be available coming off the bye, playing Pittsburgh, who I know beat the Bengals, but let's be honest, Pittsburgh scored all their points well, on defense. Well, Pittsburgh's D could present challenges again this week, the way Watt right. looked in his return. But uh, definitely uh, the offense, still probably a friendly matchup for any opposing defense. Yeah, agree. And the Bengals could be getting DJ Reader back, which would be obviously Helpful. a big lift as he is eligible to be activated off IR now with that 21-day window. All right, so let's get over to the final thing we do each week here on the podcast. And as a reminder, uh, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, as we mentioned. You can also get it at insiderfootball.com. It's where you got all of our tools, our optimizer, and everything you need to win in season long. And, of course, the home of the Draft Advisor software there as well. And, James, as we get into this week's slate, as we mentioned, uh, this week is definitely the return of four more teams on by. We've got Jacksonville, Miami, Seattle, and Tampa Bay all out of the mix. This week also features our final international game. Unlike the others, though, this one's actually slated for Monday night in its normal time slot of Monday night football as Arizona and San Fran will battle in Mexico. But we'll get to that game last. We'll start our Week 11 rip around. First uh, view here of the games, talking about the Thursday night game at Lambeau Field where the Packers are hosting the Titans. The line at last check was minus three, 41 and a half on the total. You mentioned to yourself, uh, is Aaron Rodgers really back? What's your thoughts on the Packers coming off that big win on a short rest? I still think the only Packer that I can trust to start is uh, Aaron Jones. And frankly, that's it. I can't trust uh, Watson, Lazard, anybody else. Yeah, uh, I do think Tennessee's defense pretty good, too. Um, and, I, I mean, I don't know. Tennessee, I wish I – wish uh, everybody wishes their favorite team played in that, that division, right? Because it's a little hard to tell. But you definitely got to give them a little bit of credit. I mean, they win. 
they win. And Vrabel, uh, I think he's a good coach, right? So mm-hmm. I expect them to come ready and play. It's, it's a Thursday night game, James. And these are probably two of the top six or seven defenses in football. I think it's just going to be low scoring. Oh, I yeah. really don't I want did. a ton of exposure that's not in the running game on either part of this matchup here. Truthfully, I want one player from each side, and it's the running back, and that's that. Yeah, so there you have that. Let's move along to the Sunday slate where uh, this time around, it looks like we got seven early games at the 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff. Chicago and Atlanta, the Falcons minus three, 49 and a half. Buffalo and Cleveland, uh, nine and a half points there. The total's at 47. Let's start with the first of those couple matchups. And first, let's start with the Bears, James. Justin Fields continuing to get it done, continuing to just have record-breaking performances but last week he cost the team the game too with some of his mistakes from a fantasy perspective though this total is almost at 50 this might be one of the more friendly fantasy games of the entire weekend i'm trying to figure out if i can justify playing two uh running backs for the falcons not in the same matchup but if i can justify having uh cordero patterson and tyler algier in different lineups or if i'm going overboard but you point out the total, it's there. Fields is a must-start. Komet, assuming he goes, must-start. Um, I don't know if there's another must-start for the Bears, though. Even with, I believe, Khalil Herbert's going to be out this week. I guess that means you got to st- Montgomery becomes a must-start, too. Yeah. I mean, Herbert is out. That's right. We did not get to that on the injuries there. I meant to. Um, placed on IR, too, James. So... That's a big buzzkill for uh, the Bears offense and this running game. He's a, an electrical piece there. I think a key cog in that success. So we shall see. In the Buffalo-Cleveland matchup, obviously here uh, still some thoughts around uh, Josh Allen and the elbow. I mean, he played through it, but there were instances where he threw picks on some underthrown balls. So to say that it wasn't a factor, plus when he went for that tackle and extended the arm, he laid there on the ground. I mean, th- to me, this is still like the Super Bowl favorite out here. I guess they're saying it's not going to – they don't think it's going to get worse is what they were saying last week. But, James, watching that game, I saw ways where it could get worse. Yeah, it could get worse because other things could happen. Just like when somebody tells me a poisonous steak can't kill me, I'm like, well, if I get a heart attack, it could kill me. If he puts himself in a bad spot to he get hurt be elsewhere because of that arm. dudes down, though, is my that's point. Like, he's got to – I get he's an ultimate competitor, and I'm sure he can get out there and, and – I mean, And that's great in week 19, in week 21. Yes. It's not such a big deal in week 10. He needs to be smarter. That's what worries me, right? Yep. And fantasy managers, it's pretty easy. If Josh Allen's active, he's your starting quarterback. There's no other questions to be asked. Agree. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, On the other side of that, though, Cleveland, I mean, um, unfortunately, they can't play the Bengals every week, James. I know know their fans wish they could so they can be really proud, but Cleveland looked like Browns do most (laughs) weeks in the laughable performance they had there. And uh, the fact that they still think they got playoff hopes after beating the Bengals and they come out and look like that, uh, by the time Deshaun Watson comes back from whatever activities he's been doing, um, I will say that uh, this team will not be in the playoff hunt. We have to remember that when we start thinking about the fantasy outlook of them. And I will say the one thing that has gone a little bit unnoticed is how much Kareem Hunt is really no longer a trustable, even flex play from a week-to-week basis. I have a team where I start three running backs weekly, and he's not one of them. Never consider him. I never consider him. If one of those guys isn't going, I go straight to a wide receiver. Uh, boy, you want to talk about the Browns, man. I don't know who you can start in this game. I guess Nick Chubb, you always start. I told, I would, I told I would, you the guy I'm starting. The one guy I love is Donovan People-Jones. 
Well, it's not Amari Cooper. Uh, Dan, I made a bad mistake last week. I was fortunate enough to still be the high scorer in my league, which means, boy, did I, I uh, ruin a great week. But I sat uh, C.D. Lamb for Amari Cooper. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I won't be making that mistake again. Cooper's in the lineup because of other buys this week. But uh, I got by with it, but I won't I don't trust think Amari Cooper's Cooper dead. ever again. It's been... But I can't trust him. There I'm... wasn't much better matchup than what we had last week. The, the Miami held up their end of the bargain. And what did the Browns do? They fed Nick Chubb and just allowed the clock to run out on him. Yeah. I saw Graham Barfield. I retweeted this out uh, earlier today. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, last six games, 40 targets, 28 receptions, 446 yards, zero touchdowns, 2.36 yards per route run. Conversely, in the same span, Cooper with two more targets, five less receptions, uh, a clear 70 less yards. Now, Cooper does have three to zero touchdown ratio, but he's getting 1.91 yards per route to 2.36. So basically, you know, over these last six games, Peoples Jones seeing the same target volume and getting really, I mean, outside the touchdown part of it, which is key in fantasy, obviously, but a lot, le- a lot more production per catch out of Peoples Jones. So. Interesting to see what happens in a couple weeks. Philadelphia is at Indy coming off the loss. They're laying seven and a half on the road. 44 is the total here. Matt Ryan's back. The Colts pick up a big win. Jeff Saturday has his hands filled in this one, James. Oh, yeah. We're going to see. Ooh, pardon me. I almost sneezed there. I got a little, uh, I don't know. Normally I cough. I say I got choked up. I don't know what sneezed up is. I thought you yeah, were having a heart attack after getting bit by a poison <laughs> After making snake. my stupid, stupid garter snake joke. <laughs> 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 it probably sounded like that. That was scary. Um, here's the deal. Jeff Saturday, whose post-game speech was awesome, and the, you know, the heart on your sleeve, rah-rah, that's great. How how well does that do against an Eagles team who I expected to be coming off of a win and in a trap game? No more will he see that Eagles team. Jeff Saturday's up for a real challenge. I don't know that there's a Colt I want in my lineup, but you know, Jonathan Taylor, I guess, in the Eagles matchup now, the Eagles not a bad run game matchup. Yeah. Uh, we have the Jets at New England, the Rams at the Saints, the Lions at the Giants, and Carolina is at Baltimore, as well as Washington at Houston, wrapping up those one o'clock games. From all those other games I just mentioned, James, is there one that you're circling as like a good fantasy game? Because most of them have totals in the 30s and low 40s. Uh, Lions and Giants, right? Lions and Giants is the game. That is the highest total of that bunch at 46 and a half. The Giants minus three. Who do you think are must-starts from both of those sides? I guess I'm on Ross St. Brown. Put me in my place. Let me know he is indeed a must-start player when healthy. We know Saquon Barkley's got to start. Um, from there, I think Jamal Williams is still a start, but not a must-start. Swift is enter at your own risk. And I think Slayton is borderline like flex. I mean, I, I can't tell you that he's not a wide receiver three right now, given what I expect the Lions defense to be. So, Slayton might be a must-start, Dan. And Daniel Jones is a great bi-week replacement slash week uh, week fill-in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Uh, I'll verbal retweet all of that. Let's get down to those late afternoon games. We have a 405 Eastern kick as Denver hosts Las Vegas, 2.5 and 41.5 and there. Dallas at Minnesota, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, the two 425 games. The Vikings a one and a half point road dog at last check and 47 and a half point total there. I'm anxious to see if that line's accurate. I haven't looked at it uh, since earlier here on that. Yeah. So yeah, the Cowboys are still the favorite at Minnesota. That's interesting after their loss and the Vikings 
More cowboy win. betters than Viking betters out yeah. there. My, my guess. Yeah, that's that's probably accurate. The Bengals four and a half, forty one on that Pittsburgh game. Uh that late afternoon start. Uh your thoughts, first of all, on the Bengals offense against the Steelers D that sort of owned them. And with TJ Watt back, uh the Bengals will have to defend this pass rush. How much are you trusting Joe Burrow without his guy, Jamar Chase? Must start. Uh I'll play T. Higgins. I'll turn to Hurst and I'm uh starting Tyler Boyd. Joe Burrow was a different player. I mean, he looked a little ill from that burst appendix in week one. He was making bad decisions. He's been a different Joe Burrow as of late, so I'm trusting him. But we all know Pittsburgh could step up and win this game because they do that to the Bengals from time to time slash all the time. But, yeah, I'm trusting them. They're all in my lineups, man. Boyd went to Pitt with no chase in the lineup. I think he's a must start. And Mixon, you'll play. But don't be surprised if he has trouble again. Fair enough. Let's go on to Dallas, Minnesota. I mean, first of all, dude, what about that game with Minnesota's comeback and that Justin Jefferson catch? I mean, I was at Dickman's for our our fantasy like uh, dollar day. And as each game on the different televisions was ending and they were switching to that game, the place was already up for grabs over that game. And then just the way the TV started to change without anybody doing it, just the way, you know, the program was going because it was an OT. It was just one of those surreal moments, like greatest game ever. And to be at that bar and feel that whole, like the entire bar's momentum around it was awesome. Yeah. In terms of this week, though, Dallas, I know that, you know, Rodgers had a good fourth quarter against him, but I still respect this D, James. Can we expect Cousins and company? I mean, Jefferson's always in play, but I mean, Dalvin Cook, I mean, are they going to be able to put points on the board this time around? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to sit Dalvin Cook and you're not going to sit Jefferson. And I don't think at the state of tight end, you're going to sit Hawkinson. So they're all in play. Cousins, this is one of those weeks where if you don't have to play him, you won't. But you probably still will because they've been dang good, man. And so I know it took a crazy comeback and some insane defensive plays, but the Vikings still got the job done. I think at home I can turn to those those three guys. Cousins is iffy and Thielen's if you got to. KC at LA uh, as the uh, Chargers, that is. Uh, Sunday night game flexed in there. Seven and 50 is the total. The Chiefs favorite there. San Fran in Arizona tackling in New Mexico. The Niners an eight-point favorite, 43 and a half in this one. We know KC and LA is going to be uh, some fireworks, James. I mean, I know Herbert struggled and took a lot of heat, uh, especially against Corning against tonight. But, dude, San Fran, I mean. They're good. They're real good defense. You're playing them yes, on the road. Are. This is a bounce back chance a little bit for Herbert for me, at least from a fantasy perspective. I'm not saying they're going to like dominate the game or anything, but I do expect him to have some success. So I'm, I'm doubling down. I think maybe they even get Mike Williams back. That's going to be interesting this week. You know, and I'm not, you know, holding my breath there, but Ooh. at the end of the day, like even if those guys aren't back, I do expect a little bit of a bounce back from Herbert. Clearly we love Kansas city right now. It's hard to figure out that running game. Pacheco, the piece you talked a little earlier about McKinnon. What's your thoughts on San Fran, uh, we hit on the running game a little bit more. Are you trusting all these passing weapons in this new offense? And on the other side of this matchup, let's hope Kyler Murray gets back if he does. I mean, how much do you like some of those options, even against this elite defense? Well, it doesn't sound like Hollywood Brown will be back yet, but if he is, you know, we won't know with it being Monday night, or we, I doubt we'll know and be safe. So I think Moore and Hopkins are players you're playing at receiver more than likely, uh, and you hope Murray's in there, but McCoy's – capable he air quotes uh 49ers i never did trust kittle but if he's your tight end you're playing him uh Ayuk, i mean he's like a wide receiver four right i'd rather have slayton in my lineup a guy we talked about earlier than i would Ayuk, but i would play him if i was desperate because he'll get you know he'll at least have snap share if he doesn't have target share debo you have to play mccaffrey you have to play mitchell you can play 
Yeah, that's pretty much how I see it as well. So there is your week whip around. James and I will break down more matchups again this weekend on Fantastics Insider Football over on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You can listen to us 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern every Saturday over there and anytime on the SXM app. We're going to wrap up the podcast now doing our Thrive picks for the week. And again, a reminder, go over to Thrive Fantasy. Use that promo code FANTISTICS. 100% instant deposit bonus match up to 100 bucks. It's visit thrivefantasy.com today. And you can play in the prop shop. You can play in this contest. You can do whatever you like. Last week uh, was pretty brutal for me, dude. I, Stafford was my ice pick, so I got eliminated. But I went 0-3. Uh, I had over 92 yards for Henry at 53. I had over 99.5 total yards for Kamara. I thought Kamara and Olave would do good against Pittsburgh's D, and they didn't. He only had 45. Mm-hmm. and. I did get one rushing touchdowns, but I needed two total touchdowns on Christian McCaffrey on the big swing I took at the 150 points. So 0 for 3, James, dropping me to 17 and uh, 17 and 17 now in the season. Dead 500. You went 2 and 2. One of your picks you got right was the ice pick under 7 and, or excuse me, uh, over 7.5%. Was it under you took or over on Stefan Diggs? I might have hid that wrong. I think I had the under. Yeah, he had. He had under seven and a half catches. He had 12, and I marked that as a win. So that was wrong. You actually went one and three then, if that's accurate. Did you go under seven and a half or over seven and a half? I that? went under. I'm looking at my my lineup from last week. Yeah. Let me tell you. I had three right, so whatever you uh, think I got right. I had I DeAndre didn't. Swift. You went. You lost that. You had under a rushing that's, touchdown. He had the rushing touchdown. Correct. You had under 25 and a half completions for Herbert. He had 21. You had over 55 yards for Cooper. He had 32. Going back to your bad line of decision. And I marked it wrong. I did. Because I had Diggs under seven and a half receptions marked right, but he had 12 catches. So you missed that. That's one correct. Too. So That's you accurate. went one and three, which takes your season mark to 15 and 19. It's not good. That's not good. That's Thank not good. You. But. But uh, somehow I cashed a couple of times. I'm two weeks. You in a row still without. the thing is you still gained points on me here because you made the only <laughs> correct pick of the week with Justin Herbert. You gained 110 points, so I now lead you 1355 to 1230, and you get to pick first this week as we make our picks off of the guaranteed hundred thousand dollar prize pool over there at Thrive Fantasy for Week 11. And I'll let you pick first, James, and uh, you got the whole slate in front of you here, brother. All right, I'm going to start with a guy that I think just makes too much sense. That's Saquon Barkley, 91 and a half total rushing yards. I'd much prefer getting a higher total and have his receiving included, but go ahead and give me more at 110 points. Saquon is the key to this uh, entire team. Here. All right, so you got Saquon and the over, and I can get behind that, and I actually hope you're right because I need Saquon in a couple spots uh, pretty big here. And you know what? He just looks so good, James. It's great to see him back, too. Because football is a better place when the best players are, you know, all healthy. And he's just had a lot of bad luck here recently. So I've really enjoyed it. I only got him in one season. I got a lot of best ball exposure. Uh, But I'm just a fan of watching good players. And he's been a pretty good one to watch there. So, all right. So over to me we go. And uh, James... You know, this one here was a little iffy for me because of what we saw this week, and I thought maybe you would go right at it. But, I mean, I'm looking at the Justin Jefferson line, and I know I know it's Dallas, and I just talked him up and stuff, but gosh, I mean, it looks awful tempting right there. Awful, especially after I didn't pick a winner last week to, to go safe and steady. And Justin Jefferson, 83.5 total yards. I had to think this line was made before the breakout. 
I've got him projected closer to 100. Uh, I'm going to take Justin Jefferson and ride the hot hand here on the over. It's only 90 points, but uh, I'm not going to be as risky this week, I don't think. Uh, I think I will. Um, And I'll tell you what, I'll just stick in that game then because I'm not going to touch that one just yet anyway. But I'm going to say CeeDee Lamb, six and a half total receptions. He's the alpha. This is going to be – Minnesota's going to put up some points. They're going to have to move the ball. CeeDee Lamb gets seven catches, over six and a half, and I get 115 points. That's a lock for me this week to play. CeeDee Lamb, over for James. We'll mark it down, and uh, he's going to be in your lineup this week. That's for sure. I think we've established established that one. I'm going to go with a guy I just traded for as we were logging in here, and I told you how much I hated the trade, but I literally only gave up Kenny Gainwell in a useless draft pick for him, so it wasn't that bad. But DJ Moore, James, five and a half catches. I'm going under versus Baltimore. I mean, I'm sorry. I hope I'm wrong because he's going to be in my lineup. Uh, but I, DJ Moore getting the six catches, I'll bet against that and win more often than not. You will certainly have won more often than not this season. Uh, I'm going to go to Alvin Kamara, Dan. The Rams used to be a good rushing defense. Uh I don't know how many points are going to go up on the board. Alvin Kamara, if he scores, and maybe I hope he does for some other reasons, but for this particular one, I hope it's through the air. I'm going to take the under on the half a rushing touchdown. That's 115 points. Under on Alvin Kamara rushing. I've got the Alvin Kamara under markdown for you there. Hard to argue with you on that one. I wish you were going to be wrong, but uh, I wouldn't bet on it, my friend. Let's go over to a guy we were talking about earlier with that tough schedule down the stretch and Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs, you know, he does have a tough schedule down the stretch, James, but I don't know. I'm feeling a little optimistic about the Raiders, at least Josh Jacobs in this game against Denver. They're a little banged up here. It's 105 total rushing yards. And, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know at Denver, I think he has a good game, but I think that's just a little too rich for my blood. So I'm going to go under, under the 105 total yards for Josh Jacobs. Um, yeah, not to say I don't think he's startable. I just think that matchup's a little tougher there with their banged he's, up O-line. He's going to have volume with their banged up receiving tight end core too. But uh, there, I think everyone in the world knows that, including the opposing defense. I believe it's ice pick for me. Ice pick time. Oh, there's two I like. They're both quarterback props. Uh, I'm going to use both in my 10, but I'll go with Jalen Hurts here. Um, And I'm going to go under the 240 and a half total passing yards. They lose Dallas Goddard. I expect Indianapolis to run the football a lot and keep them off the field, which what we saw was kind of the blueprint to beat them. They've got Jonathan Taylor, the player, to do it. And conversely, I wouldn't be surprised to see Miles Sanders maybe get heavily involved in the rest of the running game and simply have – Philadelphia try to win this road game, just out physical Indianapolis and a team that they are just simply better than. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. So we'll mark that one as your ice pick there. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little torn. I have a couple I like pretty equally here. I'm going to go Kelsey on the over though. It's only 75 points, but it's my ice pick. If it matters, it matters, but hopefully it doesn't. 65 and a half total yards. I think he gets that fairly easily against the Chargers. I think he probably does as well. He is, uh, in the end, he is the one constant there. 
All right, so there's our picks. You can go make yours. Check it out over at Thrive Fantasy, and uh, we'll definitely uh, update it next week. We'll play through the season. We're back again next week with more here. Before we depart, James, some final words of wisdom out there for owners and managers as they get their lineup set here for week number 11. Uh, Again, don't be afraid to look at what your opponents have between bye weeks and everything else and understanding if you need points. If you need uh, wins, right? There's different ways to get into playoffs with the different formats. So understand if you're looking for floor, if you're looking for ceiling, and what your opponents offer. I, I made some decisions that way last week, and well, I won. I'm not sure if I made the right decisions, but I felt like I made the right process, and so I will persevere in that same way. All right, there you have it. For James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. We'll see you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.